Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Joe Anthony Pagnata with you guys as always. And today we are being joined by a special guest, former Tar Heel defensive back and current college football analyst for Stadium. It is Michael Felder who is joining us today, and he is here to talk about the Tar Heels 2021 season to this point. And uh, Mike, hey, thanks, man, for stopping by with us, uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day. I know you're, uh, you're a college football junkie, man, but uh, I know you are definitely keeping an eye on the Tar Heels, even though it has been a relatively disappointing 2021 season. Yeah, rough year. Uh, I think when you come in with inflated expectations, um, when reality sets in about what you can and can't do, it's, it's always rough. But, I mean, Sam Howell's having a year. He has a day almost every Saturday, and then they're trying to find the pieces to go around him and trying to figure out what they can do defensively to, to get things done. Well, let's talk about Sam Howell. You know, I, there are a lot of people looking at some of these ACC quarterbacks, and it's really been a special year overall in the ACC for the quarterbacks. But it feels like Sam Howell's being lumped in with Spencer Radler, Keaton Slovis, some of these guys that have really had awful years and have even found the bench. I don't think Sam Howell's in that category. I still think he's putting up some solid numbers. It's just that the guys around him aren't nearly as dynamic as they've been in the last couple of seasons. Are are you with me on that, or do you think that he's a guy that you know people should be looking and, and criticizing a little bit more than uh, you know th- than they thought coming into this season? No, I think that he's having a really good year. And I understand that the interception numbers are a little bit inflated. A lot of that has to do with the combination of younger receivers, but also him feeling the need to press. And this is, it's interesting. We talk about Clemson. And with Clemson, we talk about their defense is so good, but that defense has to be perfect every single time. And, and, and they're pressing and they're trying to make plays. And I think UNC is kind of the flip side of that, where their defense is not that good, and so the offense feels like they have to score every single time they have the football, and we saw that against Notre Dame. Every time they got the football, they felt the need to score because they didn't think their defense could get that stop. And so there is that leads to an element of pressing. That leads to an element of, of trying to overcompensate and, and, and 
ultimately this one of the ways that I kind of term it, and I know a lot of UNC fans are basketball fans, but like the way that I always said is like there's no you know there's no ten point you know there's no ten point touchdown right, and so that pressing is what leads to some of those interceptions trying to force the football and like it's the same thing as like you can get away with shooting three pointers in a basketball game. Every touchdown counts six points. It doesn't matter. There is no extra point that you're going to get for anything. And so I think he's had a pretty strong year. Obviously, Kenny Pickett has, rose, has risen to the forefront with respect to the ACC. Brennan Armstrong has been remarkably productive, even though I don't know if people view him as a pro guy. And then you throw in Sam Hartman, what he's been able to do. League's having a really good year with respect to quarterbacks. And I think Devin Leary and Sam Howell are a part of that. Well, you talked about some of the defensive struggles that Carolina has had. You know, as a guy that played on the defensive side of the football, what's the what's the issue that you're seeing with them right now? Is it coaching? Is it execution? What What is happening right now with this Tar Heel defense, and why are they struggling so much? Well, there's a couple different things, right? So let, let's let's go let's go line item or level by level, if you will. The big thing is is and, and we'll start up front, right? They don't have a defensive line that is just going to stop people all the time. They don't have a defensive line that is going to consistently be able to control that five-man or sometimes six-man front from the offense. They don't have a defensive line that can can do that. So you have to add to the mix, and you have to add linebackers, and you have to add safeties. You have to add those things. As you add them, you're taking other things away, and that's how you create opportunity at the second and the third level. And the big part for me is – um, this isn't this isn't a UNC defensive like there's no there, who's there's no pass rush right mm-hmm. 15 sacks on the season there's no designated guy that somebody should be scared of every single play when it comes to getting to the quarterback and uh, in theory that should maybe be Miles Murphy um, uh, obviously um, uh, Tamari Fox maybe that's hit but those like that's not what's happening and so you have that big part. Um, that's up front. And then you have linebackers that have to get forced into doing extra things. And as they get forced into doing extra things, um, now all of a sudden you're creating space. And that space is hard on defensive backs. If someone who played in the secondary, like it's hard. When a linebacker vacates because he has to get added to the rush on a blitz or he has to get added to the fit uh, with play action, now we've got space in front of a safety. Space in front of a safety means they can complete a slant. They can complete – a quick a spacing route or a hitch and so you have to make a tackle in open field and open field tackling is really hard and that's the kind of the thing everything works together and i think that's something i don't think enough folks realize about defense it's like a glove and if you don't put and part of my language but if you don't put every finger in the hole you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna create a big mistake and i think that's the big issue for unc is they're trying to plug this one hole with an extra body which leaves a hole in the back part of it, and that's how you lead, which is what leads to ultimately what leads to big plays, and the big plays have been really rough. Like UNC has had an issue with giving up long plays, like the long plays from scrimmage for North Carolina. I mean, we're talking about a team that just, they give up big plays, 41 plays over 20 yards. Like that's that's rough. That's hard. That's not good. Like that's that's the issue, and a lot of that comes with, Spacing in zone and missed tackles. We're talking to Michael Felder, stadium analyst uh, of college football and former Tar Heel defensive back. 
when you look at what Carolina has coming down the stretch of the season, it really feels like there were just too many missed opportunities early in the year. Uh, and now this team is in danger of missing a bowl game. You know, in order to pull one of these upsets, whether it's this weekend against Wake Forest or uh, next weekend or next week, rather, on Thursday night against Pittsburgh or even to close the season on that Friday against NC State, what do the, what, what does this Tar Heel team have to do? Because we've seen so many other teams throughout the country that have been able to put together that upset recipe. How do they find a way to do that in one of those three games outside of the, the game against Wofford to get to a bowl game? Well, I think the, the interesting thing with UNC, like they're not, this isn't a team that's going to slow down, right? They're not a team that plays good football when they slow down. Mm-hmm. And so with some upsets, what we see are teams slow down the, the, the opposition and make it muddy and make it dirty and make it ugly. And that's not what UNC is going to do. So the, the, they're on the other side of that coin. And the other side of that coin is we're going to push the pedal to the metal. And we saw it work against Miami. We saw it not work against Notre Dame. We saw it work with Virginia. And we saw it, honestly, not work against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech did a bunch of things that were incredibly confusing to this offensive line, which is what slowed down the, um, the offense in that, in that respect. So I think the key is going to be, like you're playing Wake Forest, their defense is not good. Like, played and simple, the Wake Forest defense is not very good. So you have to take advantage here. This is where you make your hey, You can get a top-10 win here. If you push that pedal to the metal, uh, I really like the way that they've been using Ty Chandler uh, of late, where he is not just a running back, but an asset to use in the passing game and the ability to get him into space. And running at times when people don't expect them to run has also been pretty beneficial. And then trying to get him involved in the screen game, all those things, very good. So you continue to do that. And you stress those linebackers out. We just talked about it from the UNC defense perspective, where their linebackers are super stressed out because they've got to worry about the run. They've got to worry about the pass. They've got to be involved in trying to get to the quarterback so they can force a throw. You do the same thing to other people. The stuff that you hate, you make other teams have to do it. I think that's, one of the, that's been one of the beauties of Nick Saban uh, over his evolution at Alabama is he realizes what he hates as a defensive coach, a defensive coordinator, a former defensive coordinator, a defensive mind in general. He is incorporating things that he hates into what he does, and I think – UNC has got to take that, some of that same approach to manipulating defenses so that it's not about a slow start playing catch-up. It's more about a hot start and finding ways to manipulate people. Well, one of the ways that they've been able to manipulate some of the teams that they've played so far this year is Josh Downs. He's just having a tremendous season. Last night, or last, last uh, a couple nights ago against Notre Dame, was the first time that he didn't score a touchdown all year, and it's the first time that he's played significant snaps and hasn't scored a touchdown in almost his two years of being there. How special is what Josh Downs is doing right now, especially with it coming from the slot, which is a spot that, as we know, doesn't really translate great to the next level? He's been really remarkable, and their ability, I think playing in the slot is important for him because they can hide him and they can use him in motion and they can find ways to get him open and they can get him open and then push him, move him around. And I think that's been really, really cool to watch. And his route tree is pretty specific. He runs slants and some posts and every now and then there'll be a dig and, or a takeoff. And it's fantastic. And they, they keep him from getting beat up, which I think is very important. And I don't think we discuss that enough when we talk about football. Uh, and yeah, he didn't score a touchdown last week, but guess what? 
He caught 10 balls for 14, or excuse me, for 142 yards, and, and that's 14 yards per catch. That's amazing. Like, that's a, day, that's a game that most wide receivers dream about. I get to catch the ball 10 times? Yes, I love this. <laughs> and I, I think that he's, again, he's slippery with that little wiggle, and his ability to get open is really important. But I also think that he, he kind of has a little bit of um, – I think he's got. I think he's probably a better route runner um, and more expansive in terms of what he can do than someone like a Corey Coleman. But I think he fits into that same mix. A guy from Baylor. Um, he he's always just going to be open because there's you can't cover him with a safety. You can't cover him really with a nickel. You can't cover him with a linebacker at all. And he understands zone versus man and when he should sit down. And I think also this again speaks to how good Sam Howell's been. The way that House stops him, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the way that House stops him before he gets to a safety to allow him to make a cut off of that play to pick up extra yardage, mm-hmm. I think is really, really – I think that's really beautiful football. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's probably the most exciting aspect of this team to watch, uh, for sure. Uh, now, there really aren't that many, unfortunately, this season that are that exciting. Uh, it's probably that or Sam Howell on the move. But, I mean, yeah, no, it, it is really amazing the connection that those guys have built. And, and to do it so quickly, uh, and, and, I mean, we had heard so much about Josh Downs and how great of a receiver he was going to be. But I think this far overshoots expectations of what we thought he could be, even in this great offense. You know, the the last thing I'll ask you, Mike, before we get you out of here, I, I think people are kind of looking at this, definitely some national people are looking at this season for Carolina and wondering what this does to the direction of the program. I think I've heard some of these concerns from Toriel fans of, does this mean that the direction that they were wanting to go in and where they eventually wanted to get to is no longer on the table do you think that this season is affecting the overall goals of Mac Brown and his staff, or do you think that this is potentially just a bump in the road that some of these other big-time programs, or maybe even not big-time programs, but some of the ones that have become outside college football contenders uh, have hit along the way? I think it's a bump in the road. I think that anyone that's actually connected to the program, um, I get I get the emails from Kevin Donnelly every week, right, as a former player, and they're just like, hey, we've we got to rebound. we got to do this. And there's still a lot of positivity there. I think talking to um, some recruits or talking to coaches, high school coaches, and everything around them is still remarkably positive regarding UNC because it's not just on the field. And I think everybody is, again, there's so many people that are box score watchers, and I'll hit on the national people in a second, but it, it, there's a lot of, so many people that are box score watchers and, and, and scoreboard watchers or what have you they don't realize that there's a whole world outside of what you see on ESPN.com. And there's still so much positivity from high school coaches. And even though I'm not in North Carolina right now, I'm in Chicago for the time being, I still am connected to a lot of those guys. And I've got former teammates that are, that are high school coaches. And the way that they talk about UNC and the community and the sense of being, that's still pretty positive. And I think that's what matters. Uh, when that goes sour, that's when you've got a problem. But right now, what you have is a team, and I'll spin it back to this national part. You have a team that a lot of national people, they know one player on that football team. That's Sam Howell. Maybe they know Josh Downs. Um, but at the end of the day, they don't know what's going on on the defense. They don't know. They didn't know any of those things. They just liked the quarterback a lot, and the quarterback was projected early. They should never have been a top-ten team. I, I don't mean that as a knock to UNC fans. But to me, looking at them as a top-10 team, did it make much sense? It made, made much less sense than a team like Iowa State. 
Because at least on Iowa State, you've got a running back that you believe in, a guy who you mentioned Josh Downs scoring a touchdown consistently until this past game. Uh, you have Brees Hall, who's done the same thing on the ground. You have Brock Purdy, who's a quarterback that a lot of folks love. And then obviously you've also got guys like Mike Rose and Greg Eisworth on the defensive side that can make plays. And so there's a different – it was different. And UNC felt like one of those that was not like the other with respect to being in the top ten. But they were a name that a lot of folks – they everyone loves Mac Brown. And they should. He's a great guy. Everyone loves Sam Howell, and they should. He's a really good quarterback. But I don't think enough folks did any digging or looking into the team, and I think that's one of the real issues we have in this sport in general, and not to get on my soapbox. A lot of folks aren't watching actual games, and they look at, you know, the, um, what was it, the Orange Bowl, and they think, okay, well, that's what it is. They'll be back there next year, and they don't realize the challenges that the team was always going to face. And so, I don't think they should be happy at being, what are they, 4-4 four and four right now? Is that right? Yes, yep. Yeah, I don't think they should be happy at being 4-4, four and four, but I do think that 4-4 four and four felt like a more of a possibility than being, you know, 8-0 at this point. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be, look, it's all about picking yourself up off the mat. And this is the, the thing that I tell folks, and I think it's, that this is kind of juxtaposed against Clemson is the way that I've done it recently with talking to people, whether I'm doing radio or doing a podcast or something, but – um, those guys in that locker room know what it's like to be bad. They know what it's like to not have a good, you know, be a good football team. Those There's guys in that locker room that play for Larry Fedora, right? And so they understand, hey, it could be worse. We have to bow our necks and get get better and play harder, and we'll figure it out. And when you're a bad defense, you know you're not that good. You know, you know you've got to figure out where you take your shots at, and I think the big key for them is going to be not – settling into we're just a bad defense, this is what it is. The key for them is, as you finish out the back month of the season, where can we find opportunities for success? And I think that's going to be the goal. And I think that, for me, watching this football team every week, it's, it's them looking for opportunity. You see, you, we, see, we see flashes of them showing, hey, we can do this. It's just a matter of it's, it's not just your punch. Their punch can be good. It's about your counterpunch, and it's about your defense and about your blocking and all those things, to use a boxing reference. And they've got to be able to punch and counterpunch. They've got to be able to kind of to, to use fencing, thrust, and they've got to be able to parry off that thrust as well. And I think the big key for them is going to be how that goes, moves going forward. And, and I said this with Florida State um, when I was doing – I was doing – I was doing a Cal Bailey show, right? And I was t- said this with mm-hmm. Florida State. You have to change who you are almost every single week. And I was speaking to Florida State's offense. Defensively, UNC has to figure out who they are every week. And some weeks that defensive line is going to be going to have matchups that are favorable. And then other weeks they're going to have to use the blitz and pressures to make plays. And you're going to have to cover down in the secondary. And so they just have to figure out who they are week to week so that they can – get off the field at critical moments because that's all the offense needs to succeed. They're never going to be Georgia this year. They're not going to be Georgia's defense this year. They're not going to be Cincinnati's defense this year. But what they can be is a defense that in critical moments gets off the field and finds a way to get turnovers, and I think that's got to be the goal moving forward. So there he is, college football analyst for Stadium, former Tar Heel defensive back, and maybe – college football therapist might I suggest as well Michael Felder giving us a little bit of positivity saying look there's a way for this to get done it's just that there needs to be adjustments and that's all we're asking at this point from this defense Uh, at this point do you have any eligibility left can you get out there and play in this defensive backfield because these guys just cannot seem to be consistent week to week 
listen, you do not want my fat behind out there right now. Are you kidding me? Dre Bly would be so disappointed if he saw me and saw what I was about to have for lunch. <laughs> I, I think I'd be in that same boat, that same boat. But, hey, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, you, you do a great job over there at Stadium covering college football in depth. We know that uh, you're definitely still a Tar Heel. You keep an eye on the Tar Heels. And, uh, you know, I know secretly down deep you're hoping that this team ends up making it to uh, that promised land that we've been looking at and talking about for so many years as a program. But uh, thanks for stopping by with us, man. We greatly appreciate it. No problem, man. You take it easy. All right. Take care, man. We'll be back to the Heel Tough Vlog podcast after this message from DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this weekend? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bet. Winner, winner, chicken parm dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, there's Michael Felder of Stadium, uh, college football analyst for them, of course, former Tor Heel uh, as well, uh, and we really appreciate him stopping by with us. Great stuff from him, uh, and again, Tar Heels rolling through the end of the season. We're going to have you covered on the website no matter what, HeelToughBlog.com. You guys can check out all of the great content that we've got there. Uh, if you want to go back, check out the game against uh, Notre Dame. You guys can go and check that out, and then, of course, uh, we do still have some great stuff uh, coming up throughout the rest of the season. We'll have a preview for the Wake Forest game as Carolina gets ready to welcome in what is expected to potentially be a top 10 Wake Forest team to Chapel Hill on Saturday. They will also uh, potentially uh, you know, be welcoming in a couple more ranked opponents uh, throughout the rest of the season with Pittsburgh and NC State still on the schedule. And we'll have you covered with that. Also Wofford in there as well. But all four weeks we'll have you covered with a preview and then a recap and stock report at the end of the games. And we'll cycle those through uh, towards the end of the season and then at the end of the year we'll do our normal stuff final grades we'll hand out awards all kinds of great stuff like that and it's on the heel tough blog and the heel tough blog podcast make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify uh, iHeartRadio, any of those great spots you can check out the podcast we greatly appreciate it make sure you subscribe as well and then uh you know on the video side of things we've got great stuff going on there facebook page is where you can check all of that stuff out including all of that stuff we just mentioned as well it's all in one central location make sure that you like and follow the facebook page that is the best way to have all of that stuff on your timeline to get notifications when we put up the facebook videos all that great stuff and uh it is at heel tough blog on facebook 
Over on the Twitter side of things, at Blog is the official Twitter page as well. And then you can check out my personal page, at Anthony, Josh's personal page, at Josh, and of course, Zach Hubbard's personal page, at HackZubbard2. So that wraps up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Michael Felder for stopping by with us. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!